At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warm up you below. Welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. We've got a great podcast for you. It's in the second segment, you're going to be joined by Minty Betts. She does a great job over there at Yahoo Sports and MSG Networks. You're going to be talking with her about what we're seeing in general with some of these teams that have been sliding and streaking. We're going to be taking a look at a few games that we've got for today. A few of those games are off the board, especially the games involving the American League East teams. She's also going to be betting on the fact that the LA Angels have not necessarily been able to do such a great job this season. And she does have a team out there in the American League East that she thinks provides a little bit of value, not named the New York Yankees. So we're going to be diving into that with Minty in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis. On every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer Twitter questions on this podcast. And we got one or two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at Junit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters CM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. The other way is find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Five that five star review. Really didn't wind up getting in a lot of Twitter questions today, but we saw a favorite of north of $4 wind up losing in Major League Baseball on Thursday. And Truth be told, I might not be able to give you as much on the West Coast games today because I am going to be filling in on the lookout, and you can expect to see me on the lookout not next week, but the week after for a lot of time filling in there. So 
We're going to be providing a little bit of bonus coverage here the next few weeks, but with that said, let's take a look at everything that we wound up getting in Major League Baseball on Thursdays. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. The Kansas City Royals. As well north of $3 underdogs, you wind up seeing the Toronto Blue Jays in some spots get as high as right around a minus 425, minus 1430-ish. That was, well, not necessarily value as the Royals as big giant underdogs get the job done 3-1 to one as the start wound up going to one on El Zerpa and he wound up delivering a relatively solid start. Gives up one run over the course of five innings. From there, Jackson Keller was able to give you two scoreless innings. Taylor Clark and Scott Barlow. They both provide scoreless innings. And it was for the Kansas City Royals, a pair of the young guys that were able to deliver home runs. As it was the first career home run for Nathan Eaton. And you wound up having Bobby Wood Jr., who wound up being a highly touted prospect coming into the season. He goes EB, gets his 13th home run of the season as Kevin Gosman winds up allowing the home run to Bobby Wood Jr., giving up two runs over the course of six innings. Didn't look bad, but winds up taking another loss as he's now 6 and 7 with a 287 ERA. David Phillips was able to give you a scoreless signing. Adam Simber and Sergio Romo combined to give you a scoreless signing, and Anthony Banda allows the other home run. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, only form of offense in this game, Matt Chapman goes deep, 14th home run season. So the Royals, as a big, hefty underdog, get the job done. The Tampa Bay Rays, they sweep the Boston Red Sox in a four-game set. 5-4, to four, Tampa winds up being able to get it done as Cutter Crawford, relatively okay start, gets six strikeouts, gives up three runs over the course of six innings. John Schreiber has been really good out of the bullpen for Boston. He allows two runs in an inning before Darwinson Hernandez was able to give you a scoreless inning in for the Sox. One of ten with Ben in scoring position. You did have Rafael Devers get his 20th home run season. That comes off Drew Rasmussen, who he also wound up giving up three runs over the course of six innings, but Ray's bullpen in this one was better. Brooks Raley, Jason Adam, both provide a combined scoreless inning, and then Jalen Beeks was able to give you a scoreless inning, coupled with Tommy Romero. So, Tampa Bay Rays wind up taking the full set from the Boston Red Sox. The LA Dodgers shut out the St. Louis Cardinals 4-0 the final in this one as Tyler Anderson was able to provide six scoreless settings before Yancey Almonte, Evan Phillips, Craig Kimbrell. They all provide a scoreless setting as well. And the main form of offense, Gavin Lux. It was luxurious as he winds up being able to get his fourth home run season. That winds up coming off of Dakota Hudson, who winds up giving up all four runs over the course of six and two-thirds innings, including that home run. Drew Varag and a pair of outside the bullpen, and TJ McFarlane was able to give you a scoreless setting. For those that were following the VSIN pentathlon, I needed to be able to have a chance at victory in it. The New York Yankees have Nestor Cortez wind up being able to get five and a half strikeouts, and he was unable to do so. And as a matter of fact, the New York Yankees don't wind up winning this game as they wind up falling to the Cincinnati Reds in this one as you wind up having through five innings and no hitter from Luis Castillo, and he was terrific. Gives up one run over the course of seven innings. From there, bullpens were a little bit of a calamity. Jeff Hoffman, he gives you a pair of outs out of the bullpen, but winds up giving up three runs, including two home runs along the way, going deep for the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge, league-leading 31st home run of the season. Then you got home run number 14 out of Glaber Torres as well, and for the Cincinnati Reds from there, you did wind up having Revier and Martin and Hunter Strickland hold down the fourth end for the Reds. They go 5 of 16 with men in scoring position as they explode for 3 in the 8th and 3 in the 10th as Nestor Cortez. Good start. 
Only four strikeouts for my deficit, but gives up just one run along the way. And then when the bullpen came in, that's where the levy broke. As Jonathan Luizga gives up three runs in two-thirds of an inning now in 831 ERA. He's not been good in the Yankees' bullpen. has been banged up this season. Albert Abreu was able to give you four outside the bullpen. But Lucas Lutke, he winds up giving up three runs, two of which were earned. So if you don't... If you dig some underdog prices with the Cincinnati Reds, you are a fairly happy camper out there. You had to be fairly happy if you wound up taking the Colorado Rockies as well. They wind up being able to take down the Slam Diego Padres by a count of 8-5. to five. For the Padres, he did wind up having Blake Snell give a not-so-great start in this one. Five runs given up over the course of three and two-thirds innings. He did wind up getting four outside the bullpen out of both Luis Garcia and Taylor Scott. But he also had Nabel Christmas, who's been relatively solid this year, give up three runs in two-thirds of an inning before Tim Hill winds up polishing off a scoreless inning. And for the San Diego Padres, just two of five with Madden scoring position, Trent Christian, he was able to go deep off of Kyle Freeland, ninth home run season. It's Freeland not long for this game, giving up five runs over the course of four innings, but bullpen did their part. Carlos Aceves, a scoreless inning, and then two scoreless innings out of both Ulysses Chassin and Jake Bird to be able to give the bird to the San Diego Padres. The Miami Marlins and the Pittsburgh Pirates was the DK Nation pick on the over, and this was a pretty unwatchable game in which going into the bottom of the 11th inning, both teams were combined 2 of 28 with men in scoring position as Miami gets it done by a count of 3-2. to two. pair of really good starts as Zach Thompson has now given up a combined I believe now seven runs over the course of his last six starts. He gives up one run in six and two-thirds innings. J.C. Young, Dwayne Underwood Jr., they combined to be able to give you two scoreless innings. Manuel Benuelos was able to give you one and a third inning scoreless, and then Will Crow comes in in the 11th inning, gives up two runs, one of which was earned, and did not wind up getting it out for the Pirates. They go one of 15 with men in scoring position. They got caught stealing multiple times in this game. And for the Miami Marlins, it was all about Braxton Garrett. 11 strikeouts and six scoreless innings. Anthony Bass was able to give you a scoreless inning. Steven Okert winds up giving up an unearned run in an inning. And that's the only way that the Pirates were able to score in non-extra time. As Tanner Scott, Dylan Floro both give you a scoreless inning. And then Richard Blyer gives up an unearned run in the 11th inning. As the Miami Marlins save themselves. Go 3 of 15 with men in scoring position. And now find themselves 43 and 45 and perhaps in a little bit of striking distance to try to be able to make a run at the postseason. We wound up seeing the Detroit Tigers. Shock, shock, surprise, surprise. Get shot out by the Cleveland Guardians. 40-0 final in this one. Elvin Rodriguez. Another lackluster start out of him. He gives up three runs over the course of five and two-thirds innings as he was taken deep by Josh Naylor. His 12th home run season a little bit later. Andres Jimenez, he winds up getting his 10th home run season. That comes off of Tyler Alexander. Alexander gives up that solo run in an inning and did wind up having one and a third inning scoreless of Jason Foley. But for the Detroit Tigers, just once again, lackluster offense. Just five hits in this one as Tristan McKenzie holds them silent. 12 strikeouts in 8 innings, gives up just uh, 5 hits. Emmanuel Classe comes in, he closes things out, he winds up getting a scoreless inning. There was not as many scoreless innings in Atlanta versus Washington, but this game goes under, and for Kyle Wright, he's able to get the job done by a count of 5-4 to four as for the Washington Nationals. They spoiled a lot of run lines with scoring a run in the 8th and ninth inning as it was a pair of solo bombs that wanted being able to do the job there as Mikel Franco and Josh Bell wind up going deep in this one for Franco. His comes in the ninth inning off of, you guess it, the king of blowing run lines this season, Kenley Jansen, his eighth home run of the season. Then you did wind up having home run number 13 of the campaign a little bit earlier 
from Josh Bell as he winds up going deep off of Kai Wright, who continues to be Mr. Wright. Gives up two runs, including that homer over the course of seven innings. When there, A.J. Minter allows a run in an inning, and Kent Lee Jansen, he gives up that solo bomb in his inning of work. And for the Atlanta Braves, they had a trio of homers of their own. Michael Harris, the second, eighth homer on season. That comes off of Anibal Sanchez. Sanchez allows one to Dansby Swanson, 15th homer on season. And then Matt Olson a little bit later off of Andres Machado gets the 16th homer on season as Machado allows just a run in his inning of work. Tyler Clipper, two scoreless settings, and Hunter Harvey gives you a scoreless setting, but Anibal Sanchez, who's about 57 years old, gives up four runs over the course of five innings in his first start of the year, including giving up two of those bombs, so that's not necessarily too terrific for them, and what else was relatively terrific is, if you're a fan of the Chicago White Sox, the White Sox wind up being able to get the job done in convincing fashion against the Minnesota Twins. As for the Twins, this was just not a good start for Sonny Gray, giving up six runs in three and two-thirds innings as the White Sox wound up having a pair of bombs on this one, going deep. Luis Robert is 12th home run season. Andrew Vaughn was able to get his ninth home run of the season, and Johnny Cueto gives up just one run over the course of six innings before Jimmy Lambert, Tanner Banks, wind up coming out of the bullpen, and for the Minnesota Twins, he did wind up having Jarrell Kahn pitch two innings. He winds up giving up a solo run along the way. Josh Smith, the victim of a pair of honor runs, as he was there by Ori Palunco fielding error, and Trevor McGill, he was able to give you one and a third inning scoreless as well. The Chicago Cubs bats wound up getting held silent by the New York Mets as the Mets. They wound up being able to get a convincing win behind a pair of home runs of their own as Mark Leiter Jr. allows one to Brandon Nimmo, ninth home run season, and Pete Alonso gives his 24th home run of the season as Keegan Thompson wound up blasting four and a third innings, giving up five runs, all of which were earned, and then Leiter Jr. In his first three and two-thirds innings, gives up three runs. I'm doing this as the game is starting to wrap up in the ninth inning. As he that's her up again, eight to zero. So not too tremendous out there. Not able to give you too much in terms of Brewers versus Giants. This one is just getting going as I am doing this podcast, but it will give you a little bit more in terms of Rangers versus the Seattle Mariners. As for Seattle, Monaco Gonzalez wound up getting lit up in this one. Five runs given up over the course of six innings. As for Texas, they went five of nine with men in scoring position over their first seven innings. And Martin Perez, he is back to not giving up runs. One run surrendered over the course of five innings. That one run was via a solo run going deep. For the second time this season, that would be one. Sam Haggerty from there. A Texas Rangers bullpen that's been relatively solid. They did their part. As you did have Garrett Richards wind up giving up two runs in one and a third innings. But Matt Moore was able to come in for a pair of outs of the bullpen. Dennis Satana was able to help hold it down. And then for the Seattle Mariners, Matthew Festa was able to give you a scoreless setting out there. And then you did wind up having Astros versus Angels have a pair of relatively solid starts. As from Valdez only winds up going a grand total of six innings in this one. But along the way, only did wind up allowing two runs in the process as well as coming out of the bullpen. Hector Neris, Rafael Montero, and then for the LA Angels, Reed Detmers. It looked like he was going to be in big trouble early on this game. He winds up giving up just two runs over the course of six innings, both of which wound up coming in the first. And the Angels, they stranded 11 men on base in the first seven innings of this game. So certainly some squandered opportunities out there. And what we're taking a look at in Major League Baseball right now, trend-wise, is a big, giant uptick in terms of unders, as we have really been seeing it come through in the last both 30 days and 7 days. Let's take a look at the last 7 days first, as just the last week or so in MLB Baseball, we have seen 50 unders and 38 overs with a few games pending 
for Thursday. That is 56.8% to the under, according to our good friends at Covers. And in the time span, favorites have been able to pick it up a little bit more, 52 and 38, but still relatively good all for these underdogs. And over the last three days, underdogs have been able to do a relatively solid job. Favorites in the time span, 231 and 173. That's about a 57.2% clip with unders hitting at 54% over the last 30 days, 208 unders to 177 overs. And for home favorites, it's been a struggle for them to be able to cover the run line as they're 153 and 108 straight up over the last 30 days. But we have seen home favorites fail to cover the run line in 57 of these instances in which they wind up being able to win outright. So that has been an issue, and it's been really an issue all season long. And so if you take a look for the season, favorites, they are 781 and 537 overall for home favorites, 501 and 345. But with that said, among those 501 straight-up wins for home favorites, they have had now 162 instances in which they have been by approximately one run. Did not cover the run line and overall for the season, 654 unders to 601 overs. That is 52.1% to the unders. So that's what we're seeing in Major League Baseball right now, and that's what we wound up seeing on Thursday. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Minty Betts, who does a great job over there at Yahoo Sports and MSG Networks. We're going to be looking at a few games for today, and we're also going to be taking a look at some interesting AL East teams. That is up next right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Dave Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by our guest as this is one of the best in the business. Minty Betts is just absolutely excellent with everything that she winds up doing. And she takes a look at a lot of different things as during the hockey season, she goes from being Minty Betts and she becomes Minty Nets with an N because she does a great job when it comes to being able to handicap hockey. I know that she's doing a great job getting set for the upcoming NFL season. And along the way, she always does a tremendous job be able to handicap the game that we all love of Major League Baseball and to be able to follow Minty Betts on Twitter, who does a great job over there at Yahoo Sportsbook along with MSG Networks. That is at Minty Betts all together. Nice, clean, and easy there. Minty, it is always great to have you aboard, and it is great that we've been seeing just a lot of intrigue in baseball in general. The totals have been a little bit all over the place, and certainly we've got a lot of these official races that are starting to heat up, and I know you're taking a look at a team to be able to win the AL East in the Tampa Bay Rays, obviously. That was one that was a little bit before the season. But with that said, I take a look at the playoff one for the Tampa Bay Rays. I still think that they've got a relatively good shot with it because every single team, as we wind up recording this, out there in the American League East, currently above 500. But I feel like with the Rays, even with the Wander Franco injury, they're still in relatively okay shape. And I feel like winning that series over the Boston Red Sox wound up helping them out quite a bit. And I think that there might be a little bit of value on this team on a night-in and night-out basis moving forward. There is absolutely a lot of value with the Rays. I mean, they've won this division, what, two years in a row? And they're always underdogs here because the Yankees and the Red Sox are such powerful teams. And then we have the Toronto Blue Jays who are always... I mean, they, they just have such a superstar roster and people expect them to do well and they're just so young and talented. But, you know, it's surprising to believe they're fourth in the division right now. So the Rays could definitely sneak this one in. Uh, their pitching is great. And although offensively they're not explosive or anything, they're just such a consistent team. So I am kind of sweating this one, but I still do like the Rays to win the AL East. Yep. And when it comes to the New York Yankees, certainly they have gotten out. They have been a complete and utter power. Now, we aren't able to take too much of a look at Rays versus 
we aren't able to take a look too much at Red Sox versus Yankees as of right now, just because it is off the board as we wind up recording this. But with that said, we wind up seeing these two teams doing battle last week as well. And I do think that it's going to be very fascinating to say to see Nathan Eovaldi in his first start back for the Boston Red Sox wound up missing a little bit over a month for the scene because it was very much an up and down season for him. And with the Yankees, they aren't going to have any sort of rest time in between because they want to take it on the Cincinnati Reds on Thursday. So I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. No doubt Yankees are going to be finding themselves as a favorite. Only question is, who is it going to be for the Yankees? Because right now I'm seeing it a lot of plays, Jordan Montgomery. And how big is that line going to be? Because if this winds up getting up to, I mean, even plus 175 or something like that, that might wind up being a take for me on the Red Sox. Yeah, I'm currently seeing Jordan Montgomery as the starter for the Yankees too. And I don't have a a particular pick for a side, although I do think the Yankees run away with this one. I think we're going to see a ton of runs in this game. I mean, the Red Sox not only are hitting well against lefties like Montgomery, but the series is always so unpredictable sometimes, but always fun to watch. Montgomery hasn't been perfect against Boston either. And as we know, the Yankees are averaging the most runs per game. So I'm liking this one to go over. Not sure what the total is at yet, but hoping it's around eight and a half or nine, I would definitely go over in this one. Yep, and when it comes to Yankees versus Red Sox as well, I wound up having trepidations with doing this in the last series as well, but typically with the Yankees, they just find themselves so chalky because they have been a complete utter bulldozer thus far this season, so they've been able to cover a lot of games on the run line, but when it comes to a rivalry like Yankees versus Red Sox, you typically know that for one, you're going to be in for four-hour games with these, so that's always... Not necessarily so great on that front, but with that said, when it comes to a rivalry like this, I just noticed that it's one of those things where I don't want to take the run line because a lot of these games, they seem to do wind up landing on one run. When it comes to college basketball, a lot of those rivalry games, teams that know each other very well, even if it is a little bit lopsided in terms of the talent itself, I typically wind up defaulting to the points just because those two teams, they always just wind up having great battles. And I feel like this is one of those that winds up landing in that fold for me as well. So I might have trepidations if the Yankees do wind up coming out as a big favorite, like I suspect they will be. I totally agree with you. Yeah, I can't take a side on this one because as you said, it kind of always ends up being a close game somehow. I agree with you. As we do have Minty Betts joining me right here on the podcast. That's a great job over there at Yahoo Sports and MSG Networks. And then I know you're looking at another game out there involving um, an American League East team, and that would be the Toronto Blue Jays as they're going to be sending out their Alec Manoa. Right now, we don't have numbers on this game just because the Royals were all sorts of TBD going into Thursday. Ten players did not wind up making the trip due to COVID-19 restrictions in the country of Canada. But we do know that it's going to be Zach Cranky who's going to be on the bump for Kansas City. And I don't think we're going to see quite as chalky of a line in this one as we wound up seeing yesterday as in Gosman versus Mr. Zerpa. You wound up seeing the Toronto Blue Jays get up to minus $4 in some spots. That's just absolutely ridiculous right there. But... With that said, if you do wind up getting the Royals at like a plus 260, plus 270, there might begin to wind up having a little bit of value because Alec Manoa has been absolutely terrific. But I am of the proponent that this is still Major League Baseball. These are still guys that are getting paid millions of dollars to be able to play this game. And when you wind up getting up to these super duper chalky prices, it just becomes a little bit of a point of no return on them. I never do this, but every time I see a really big underdog of a maybe like plus 250 or higher, I just automatically want to bet them just because you never know. You always see huge favorites lose to these nobody teams. I don't know. It could be worth putting just sprinkling a little bit on the Royals money line as a hedge for my bet. I mean, as you said, Granke, um is on the mound for the Royals. He's been really inconsistent this season, and it probably doesn't help that the Royals are in the middle of the pack and batting average and bottom 10 
10 in OPS. Blue Jays, on the other hand, I'm a little taken back that they're fourth in the NL East because you look at their numbers, they possess the best batting average, average the eighth most runs per game in the league. For this game, I like Toronto on the run line, though. I know they have been struggling this month, but it looks like they're finally picking up the pace as they start winning again. I mean, their series against the Phillies, even though it was two games, they swept them. This match should be an easy win for the Blue Jays, which is why I feel confident taking them on the run line. Yep, and what's interesting about the Blue Jays as well is that Charlie Montoya, he was the manager of the Blue Jays. He wound up getting canned about 48 or so hours ago. Does that wind up changing your view of the Blue Jays at all? Because we've seen it with a pair of teams already this year that they wound up getting their manager for the Philadelphia Phillies. It has worked out with wonders with them. For the LA Angels, well, they were on a big, giant losing streak when they had Joe Men. After they can Joe Men, it really didn't do any good. They're just a team that is currently flailing in mediocrity, which is just very yeah. sad to see for Shoya Otani along with Mike Trout, two of the best of the game. But does that wind up changing your outlook a little bit on the Blue Jays one way or the other? Not really. First of all, thanks for opening up that wound as an Angels fan. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. But I look at it from the LA Angels perspective. It didn't really matter that they fired Joe Madden, poor guy. So yeah, it doesn't really matter to me that they fired Montoya. Uh, we'll see how they do. But I just think this is kind of a mismatch here, which is why I'm pretty high on the Blue Jays. I think they can perform even without him. Yep. And what I think is just so interesting as well is that when Joe Madden wanted getting fired, he had shaved himself a block oh. to try to be able to hype up the team nobody wanted getting to see it so he wanted shaving himself a mohawk for absolutely nothing a beloved uh, he is such a beloved manager and i just don't understand why they did that you know i i get i get why they fired him but it was i just when i heard that story i wanted to cry it's just so sad. <laughs> it certainly so is. Funny. And I mean, what's been even sadder is the fact that it hasn't done any good whatsoever for the LA Angels oh. as well. So that has been tough. But I mean, the one guy that is doing really good for them is Shoya Otani. We wound up seeing it about 48 hours ago. He winds up coming out, had an amazing start against the Astros. He's allowed one earned run in his last six starts. And I'm not sure about you, but for much of the year, Aaron Judge has been the odds on favorite to be able to win American League MVP. This is shifting me to Shoya Otani. And I know that there's a lot of voter fatigue with Shoya Otani wind up winning the MVP last year. And let's call it what it is. The Angels are going to need to kick it into gear in order to be able to try to make the playoffs. But if I were to have a vote right now, I would go with Shoya Otani to be able to win MVP. And I mean, forget MVP. At this point, Shoya Otani should be a top five guy in terms of the Cy Young as well. I know that he hasn't had as many starts as the likes of Shane McClanahan and company. And I would still vote McClanahan over Otani for that award. But I mean, he has been one of the best pitchers in the league this season. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. Not biased at all, but he has just been carrying the Angels on his back along with Mike Trout. And maybe I just follow a lot of Otani fan pages, but I mean, he's just been getting so much recognition for all that he does, but still not enough. I'm definitely a Shohei Otani fan. I think he deserves more. Sad to say, I think he deserves better than the Angels as well. Yeah, I agree with you there. He would look very good in a Milwaukee Brewers uniform, by the way. I wouldn't go that far, Greg. I wouldn't go that far. Um, That's a great segue because I know that you've got something on the Milwaukee Brewers who are going to be in the same state as the LA Angels. As you to be on the podcast, we do have Mitty Betts. And I know you've got a little bit of something when it comes to Brewers versus Giants. And we do have hard numbers on this game as we've got a total of seven. Brandon Woodruff against Alex Wood. And Brewers, very slight favorites here. About a minus 115-ish favorite. Where do you wind up leaning on this one? Because I take a look at Alex Wood and the advanced numbers show that he's been getting a little bit unlucky this season. I do think that he's performed a little bit better than 
the ERA would indicate. And for Brandon Woodruff, he looked terrible prior to going on the injured list. And ever since coming off the injured list, he looks like a new guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm expecting this to be a pretty low-scoring game. Like you said, we've got Brandon Woodruff, who was a big Cy Young favorite last year, and uh, left-handed pitcher Alex Wood, who I know can do better than what his numbers are currently projecting. But offensively, these teams are going to struggle in this game. The Brewers are one of the worst teams against lefties, and the Giants have shown absolutely no dominance in this last month other than their two shutouts against division rivals. Uh, I can see you said the number was seven here. I can see this total being set as low as seven. I was hoping it would be seven and a half or so, but I would probably look to the under, maybe even take the first five under as long as it's like four. I'd be a little iffy at three and a half, but just to take the bullpen out of the equation, I'd look to maybe the first five under. I really am not expecting a ton of runs in this game. I've had to reevaluate the way that I handicap the Brewers as well, because typically they're one of the safest teams for a full game, but Josh Hader has allowed at least one run in four out of his last five appearances. Very un-Josh Hader like, so I think that that's something to take a look at as well as joining me on the podcast. We do have Minty Betts, and I know you wanted bringing up the Angels a little bit earlier. They're actually going to be having a battle for Los Angeles, as currently we don't have numbers on this game, but it's going to be Clayton Kershaw against Patrick Sandoval. I do think that it's interesting to take a look at the Angels moving forward, because I have not been able to trust the Angels in too many of their games, as entering into Thursday night, something like their last 57 games, they won just 15 out of their last 52, so things had really been getting rough for them, but that said, Patrick Sandoval has been very good for this team. He's been able to deliver some starts, and I'm not sure about you, but it feels like with the Angels, it's not really the starting pitching that's let them down. It's just been the bullpen, which it seems to be a story as old as the dawn of time for this team at this point, because I mean, the pitching always winds up letting them down, and even though the starters have been a little bit more solid, this bullpen has just been so untrustworthy. I know. I mean, the bullpen is just as important as starting pitching, and for this particular matchup, I don't really have anything, but I just cannot trust the Angels, no matter who's on the mound. I think I saw a couple weeks ago where Trout and Otani did phenomenal RBIs, homers, I mean, you name it, but they still lost that game, and I'm just in awe at how bad a team can be. And I can't believe as we're recording this now, they have only collected 39 wins and I have them over what 84 and a half wins. So I'm really sweating this bet right now. I just can't bet on or against the angels at this point. It's just way too shaky. I know if I bet against them, they're going to win. And you know, if I bet, you know, on them, they're definitely going to lose. So it's, it's a tough one. Yep. And I mean, it's going to be really tough for them to be able to get over 84 and a half wins right now. I hate to say it, but uh, it's just, it's not going well right now for them to say the least. And I think I know exactly what game you were talking about as well as I still remember there was a game a little bit earlier the season with Shoei Otani became the first player to have more than, I believe it was eight RBI in a game, and the team at no point in the game wound up having a lead. That was just absolutely pathetic. Crazy. I'm right there with you. That was a loss to the Royals, by the way. The Royals, who we are fighting as north of a $3 underdog on Thursday. And numbers aren't currently out in Manila versus Greggy, but hard to believe that we're going to get anything different there. So, boy, it has not been great. But on a happier note, you're doing an absolutely terrific job, unlike the LA Angels with being able to assemble a bullpen, because you guys over there at Yahoo Sports, you take an approach of actually being able to bring in some talent, unlike the LA Angels bullpen. And I know you're <laughs> doing a great job over there. I know that you're getting set for the NFL season. You, Ariel, and also Pam do an absolutely terrific job 
just being able to handicap things week in, week out with regards to the NFL season. That's on the rise. And in the meantime, all three of you do a great job of being able to specialize. I know that you do a little bit more MLB. Pam does a little bit more when it gets, with regards to tennis and golf. So you three make a great trio. And I know that you do some work over there at MSG as well. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Absolutely. On Twitter, follow me at Minty Betts. Also follow at Yahoo Sportsbook on Twitter and TikTok. We have a ton of new NFL content coming. And as Greg mentioned earlier, Pam, Ariel, and me, we're all big on NFL. We've all been profitable in NFL last season. It was a great season. So hopefully we can go stronger this year and make some money. Just follow us uh, at Yahoo Sportsbook. We have bets every single day on MLB right now in the dog days of summer. And you know, we're going to have a lot of nice bets for the NFL season. Yep, it's going to be absolutely amazing. And actually, programming, no, we'll have Ariel on the podcast about 48 hours from now as well, because I mean, the <laughs> folks over there, you know, they do an absolutely amazing job. Minty, just every single time she winds up putting out content, it's absolutely amazing. And the TikTok videos as well. Those are a must watch as well as Minty, one of the best in the business. It is always great to get her on this podcast. And she did a great job being a breakdown card with me today. So big thanks to Minty for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Coming up next, it is that time to podcast to give you fixed and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so, I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast. Great to get Minty Bets on the show. She does absolutely amazing work. Over there at Yahoo Sportsbook, someone who just comes prepared every single time, someone that does a great job, whether it be the NFL, whether it be the NHL, MLB, list goes on and on, and just entertaining content in general with all of her TikTok videos. So always great to be able to get her aboard. A big thanks to Minty for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast. I give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Friday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you note that, as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at June underscore 81. We are going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy there. So we should be in for a relatively fun time as we start. With this first Ashley game of 901-902 on the betting board, it is the New York Mets in. And throw it face off against the Chicago Cubs as Marcus Stroman is going to be going for the Cubs at Diamond Walkers on the bump. For the Mets, the Mets are friending themselves as a minus 130 favorite. Any team plus 110 and plus 120 is your price on the Cubs. No total up on this game. A lot of books, they wind up waiting until we wind up knowing the win situation to post up a total. Everything I am seeing, the wind is going to be blowing in very, very, very slightly. I'm talking less than 5 miles per hour, so not really going to have much of an effect on my handicap here. I did wind up setting it at an 8.6 with regards to my personal total, which means an 8.5 or less looking at an over a 9 or higher to the under, and I did wind up making the Mets a minus 138 favorite. Taiwan Walker has been able to do a very solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard thus far this year. 
four home runs allowed in 85 and two-thirds innings, and that's a big reason why he's got a 263 ERA now. Has been a little bit less effective on the road than at home, but still has been good on the road. 344 road ERA doesn't quite compare to the buck 50 ERA that he's got at home, but I ain't even on the road. Four home runs given up in 49 and two-thirds innings, and it's going up against a Cubs lineup that you do have Patrick Wisdom, who's been able to give you right around 17 home runs thus far this season, entering into Thursday, but past that, don't have a lot of mashers. Wilson Contreras, he's been able to pound out 13 home runs, and these are the only two guys that really have a double-digit amount of homers for this team. Now, what I will say for the Cubs is that you do have quite a few guys getting on base for you. Christopher Morrell, C.A. Suzuki, you're able to throw in their Contreras and Rafael Ortega. I mean, between about a 250 to a 265. Nico Horner's been able to hit a 300 and knee and half. Right around a 280 batting average and a very solid on base. But then you do take a look at the Mets and things have dried up a little bit in regards to the lineup. But you still have Brandon Nimmo, Pete Alonzo, Mark Hanna owing between about a 265 to a 275. Luis Galorme along with Jeff McNeil both hitting above a 300 for the team as well. And with Pete Alonzo. Led the big leagues in terms of home runs on the road last season. He's got 23 overall this season. Francisco Lindor, 64 RBI. The batting average hasn't been necessarily too terrific, but still has been relatively effective. Now, the reason why I did wind up making this out a little bit higher is that both of these bullpens are a little bit shaky with the Mets. Joey Rodriguez has not really done a great job for the team. Drew Smith has been one of the more consistent bullpen pieces for the team this season, but has right around a 4.6 ERA over the last three days. Tommy Hunter has actually been halfway decent, but I expect a little bit of regression there. Adam Adovinum has been solid, but a little bit up and down for the bullpen as a whole. And the Cubs they have a bottom five bullpen in terms of ERA. Things have stabilized a little bit, but still. Chris Martin right around a 380 ERA. Daniel Norris north of a 70 ERA. You've got Michael Givens, Scott Efres. Both these guys have right around a 3-5-ish ERA, but certainly has been a teeter-totterish season. And for Marcus Stroman, he has been dealing with a lot of injuries this far this season when he's been out there, when he's been firing all cylinders. It's not been too bad, but that has been few and far between in terms of his starts. And as a result, he has just been all over the place, including a 9.33 ERA at home in his four starts. Actually, a 2.45 ERA on the road. So that's intriguing to take a look at. Now, a little bit of this has been bad luck in general. He's given up right around a home run and a half per nine innings, despite getting right around eight and a half strikeouts per nine innings, not allowing too many walks. I think that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression, but clearly it's not been a good year for Marcus Stroman. I like the Mets here laying right around a minus 130, so I'm going to be taking a shot there in terms of the total eight and a half or less, looking over nine or higher to the under. 903-904 on the betting board, the Philadelphia Phillies hit the red face off against the Miami Marlins. One, Sandy Alcantara is going to be going for the fish, and Kyle Gibson is on the bump. For the Phillies, Phillies are finding themselves as an underdog of anywhere between plus 135 and plus 145. Meanwhile, for the Fish, you're finding them anywhere between minus 150 and minus 155. And Tolan's game is 7. The under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. I do mind up saying my total at a 6.9. So I'm going to be looking at the under. Really willing to lay up to a minus 160 with the Marlins. I'm right now seeing that run line at a plus 145. I would be willing to take the run line as well, but... That said, I do think that with this Miami Marlins offense, it's better to stick with the money line here just because banging on these guys to be able to win by multiple runs. We wound up seeing that Pittsburgh Pirates series not necessarily so great because they are dealing with Ode Soler, coupled with Jad Chislam, both dealing with injuries. These are the two top home run hitters for the Miami Marlins. You do have guys that are able to get on base for the team as you've been able to have Nick Fortes, John Birdie, Joey Wendell, all in between about a 270 to a 280. And on top of that, Garrett Cooper, he's been able to ride around a 295. But certainly if you had your ups and your downs in terms of this lineup, you've had a couple solid at-bats too out of Luke Williams. But a lot of these guys have been sort of in and out of the fold. And for the Miami Marlins, 
Bullpen performed well in that series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but once again, that is against the Pittsburgh Pirates, and because the game wound up going 11 innings yesterday, he did wind up burning up a lot of these bullpen pieces, like Steve Kurt, Anthony Bass, a lot of the more trustworthy guys for a Miami Marlins team that they're in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of VRA, but the good news is, you do have Sandy Alcantara, who's went 7-plus innings in each out of his last 12 starts. Hard to believe that you're going to get anything else here, and he's given up two earned runs or fewer in 11 out of those last 12 starts, posting up a buck 59 ERA at home. He has been able to do a good job of being able to go deep into games because his command has been really good. Overall this season, sub 2.5 walks per 9 innings. Not necessarily the world's greatest strikeout artist, right around 7.5 punch outs per 9 innings. But then you take a look at Kyle Gibson, and for Gibson been a little bit strange. He wound up having to skip his start in Toronto due to the vaccine mandates and just hasn't met himself on the road. 522 road ERA compared to a 401 home ERA. You've got to wonder if him winding up getting pushed back a few days in terms of his start actually helps him or hurts him because there's some pitchers that they don't want their sort of homeostasis thrown off a little bit. So always fascinating to take a look there. He's given up 1.3 runs per nine innings overall with opponents saying at 250 off of him. And for the Philadelphia Phillies, they do wind up backing up Mr. Kyle Gibson with a little bit of a better lineup as Kyle Schwarber has been able to go deep 28 times this far this season and got a lot of guys hitting sort of in that neighborhood about a 235 to a 250. Nick Cassianos, Reese Hoskins, Matt Veerling, D.D. Gregorius, Alec Bowman, Garrett Stubbs. They're both a little bit above that end. For Reese Hoskins, over the last three days, he's been able to right around at 300, but you certainly have had your ups and your downs in terms of this lineup. Someone like Yadio Munoz has went down a little bit in terms of his batting average. I will say this for the Philadelphia Phillies. Top five bullpen ERA over the last 35 days for this team. Brad Ann has been very good along Sir Anthony Dominguez, Corey Knable, in a seventh inning role has really been able to find his notch as he's been able to post up right around a three-ish ERA this season. Mark Capella has been relatively solid out there in the bullpen, so I do think that that'll keep the Phillies relatively in line in this game. The Miami Marlins have been a little bit tough with the offense, but Sandy Alcantara, right now, if I were to have a vote for National League MVP, he would get it because I think that he is that meaningful to this Miami Marlins team, and I do think that he's going to be able to power the Marlins to victory. I don't think that you see a lot of scoring, so I'm going to play it safe. Going to go with the Miami Marlins on the money line in this spot, and here at a 7, I'm looking at the under as we go 905-906 on the betting board. The Atlanta Braves at the face off against the Washington Nationals as Patrick Corbin is going to be going for the Nets, and Ian Anderson is on the bump for Atlanta, and Atlanta's find themselves as a very sizable favorite. Any team minus $2 and minus 210 Meanwhile, between plus 175 and plus 190 is your price on Washington. 9.5 is your total. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. In terms of the money line, I was willing to lay up to about a minus 145 to a minus 150 with the Atlanta Braves. I don't understand why we've gotten this out of line in terms of the money line. So I'm going to be willing to take a shot on Patrick Corbin because if there's been one weak link with the Atlanta Braves, it certainly has been Ian Anderson. And I mean, this is not necessarily a vote of confidence for Patrick Corbin because he has been rough himself. You do take a look at Patrick Corbin thus far this season and been posting up a 5.70 ERA in his 18 starts. The Washington Nationals are just 4 and 14. That said, he has given up three earned runs or fewer in now four out of his last five starts. He's looked a little bit better recently, being able to land a little bit of length, which is needed because it's the Washington Nationals bullpen that they're not too terrific. And for Patrick Corbin, 4.56 home ERA compared to a 7.19 ERA on the road. Deep balls hurt him a little bit, giving up a home run and a half per nine innings. But Ian Anderson, nearly a five ERA. Now, if you look at the 
sort of backup numbers, the advanced stats. It is a case in which Ian Anderson has been getting a little bit unlucky this year, but 4.4 walks per nine innings. Last time he faced off against the Washington Nationals, it was a Braves one-run win at home that wound up going 12 innings, so that was not necessarily the most sightly thing in the world. And I will say this for Anderson. Two runs for fear surrendered, and now three out of his last four starts, but for Anderson, 472 road area. Giving up five home runs in 47 and two-thirds innings with opponents saying a 257 off of him. And swing and miss stuff has really not been there for him. Right around 7.7 strikeouts per nine innings. And when it comes to the Braves, they do wind up backing up Anderson with a far superior bullpen. Dylan Lee is posted up a sub-two ERA. Taylor Mazik wound up getting the year banged up for quite a bit of it. He has now come back after he missed darn near two months. So that brings reinforcements to this team. A.J. Minter has been able to give you a sub-two ERA. Will Smith... Not necessarily a guy that does it in 1-2-3 style, but he's been able to get a lot of clean innings. And then for the Nationals bullpen, Carl Edwards Jr. posting up a sub-4 ERA. Kyle Finnegan has been a little bit all over the place, but he's been a little bit better recently. They're kicking the tires on ancient Tyler Clippard, who's like 40 years old at this point. So that's not necessarily too great. But what I will say for the Washington Nationals is that you do have quite a few guys getting on base, and all of a sudden Juan Soto has gotten white out. There's a reason why this guy was the MVP front runner coming into the season. He has not lived up to it at this point, hitting just a 245, 19 home runs overall. But you take a look at what Juan Soto has been able to do over the last 15 days. Five home runs and hitting a 400. So he has certainly rounded into form a little bit. Luis Garcia, Josh Bell, a pair of guys hitting right around 300 for Bell. He's been able to give you 12 home runs as far as the season. Then got a lot of guys like Mikel Franco, Cesar Hernandez, Lane Thomas, Elsa Cruz, in between a 230 to a 240 for the Atlanta Braves. Austin Riley has been amazing, hitting at 285 with 25 home runs, saving really his best for this time of season. Matt Olson, Dansby Swanson, a pair of guys with a combined 29 home runs as far as the season. Swanson hitting at 295. Travis no has been able to give you 11 bombs. He's hitting at 260. Marcel Zuna, 17 times. Ronald Cunha Jr. does a great job being able to get on base for the team. So the Atlanta Braves, I feel like, should be a favorite. But Ian Anderson is not that much better than Patrick Corbin, in my opinion, in this spot. The Washington Nationals last in the National League in terms of home runs, but one of the best teams at being able to hit for average. So I do think that this is a price that has gotten out of whack. I'm going to be taking a look at the big plus price with the Washington Nationals in this spot. I did wind up saying my throw line at 9.7. I think that Anderson going to have a little bit of a tough time with it, and I do think that the Braves wind up being able to get to Patrick Corbin here. So looking at the over and looking at the Washington Nationals, 907-908 on the bank board. It is the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are on to Cincinnati as they hit the road to face off against the St. Louis Cardinals as Andre Pellanti is going to be on the bump for the guards, and Hunter Green is going to be going for Cincinnati. Cincinnati is between a plus 145 to a plus 150 underdog. Meanwhile, with St. Louis, it's anywhere between minus 163 and minus 170, with 9 being your total. Under is minus 120 to minus 125, offers anywhere between even and plus 105. When it comes to Cardinals, set them as a minus 186 favorite. I was willing to take them as long as I was getting even money or better on the run line, and currently I'm seeing a plus 120. I'm going to reduce the juice, and I'm going to take a look at that run line. The big reason why is because Hunter Green has just been giving up so many home runs that it becomes easier to be able to get a two-run win along with that. You got a Reds bullpen that is currently dead last in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA, and they're nearly a full run clear of everyone else. And for Hunter Green, he's given up a little bit over 2.3 home runs per nine innings as far this season. The walks 
That's a little bit unsightly as well. Nearly four walks per nine innings. And with Hunter Green, the swing and miss stuff, it certainly is there. But both home and on the road, he's got north of a 5-6 ERA in both environments. In both environments, he's allowed 11 home runs over the course of between 42 and 43 and a third innings. And then for Andre Pallanti, yeah, sort of figured that regression was going to be setting in for him. And it has 10 runs given up in his last two starts. That said, he does a solid job in terms of being able to induce some ground balls. Now, that is a little bit of a fear because he's only getting right around five and a half strikeouts. Yes. Per nine innings, his walks per nine rate that is hovering right in the neighborhood about 3.6. So you got to figure that there might be even more regression coming in as he's got a 288 home ERA compared to a 370 road ERA, but has been able to do a nice job holding down the four for the seam. And he's backed up by the far superior bullpen as Genesis Cabrera has been able to do a terrific job being able to provide a sub three ERA. He's a little bit of a long guy, Junior Fernandez as well. Ryan Elsley has been lights out a sub one ERA thus far this season. Giovanni Gallegos, Becky Don are able to give you some good eggs. Along with Johan Oviedo as well. And for St. Louis, got a really good lineup out there that is headlined by Paul Goldschmidt, betting favor for National League MVP, entering into Thursday, hitting about a 330 with 19 home runs as far as the season. It's all on Arenado behind him. 18 home runs. Then you've got a lot of guys that they do a good job moving the line, being able to get on base. Tyler O'Neill is returning to the fold. He's only been able to about a 245 this season, but you've got Juan Yepes. Tommy Edmond, Dylan Carlson, all these guys in between about a 252-260 when he's out there, Harrison Bader, but he's been a little bit banged up. He's on the injured list, if I remember correctly. Albert Pools, he's been dealing with just old age in general. He has not been necessarily himself thus far this season, but I do think that for Cincinnati, they're going to be able to get a few runs of their own as you've got Brandon Drury. He's been able to hit about a 275. He's been able to provide 18-plus home runs thus far this season, and they're really finally healthy for the first time all season long. Tyler Stevenson, who's been hitting above a 300. He's back in the fold for the team. Kyle Farmer, Donovan Solano, both of these guys in north of a 260 for the team. Nick Senzel's been able to pick it up a little bit more, but with that Reds bullpen, guys like Alexis Diaz are the only ones that you're able to trust in because got Hunter Strickland with nearly a 5 ERA. Luis Sessa, north of a 5 ERA. It has been tough for guys like Joel Kunal and company, so I do think that the Cardinals are going to be able to get to that bad bullpen. I did wind up saying my total. As a result, at a 9.1, even though it's a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark, Hunter Green gives up quite a bit of the deep balls with Palanti. I do think that he's going to give up a few runs himself, so I'm looking at the over, but I do think that with the Cardinals being able to hit Hunter Green hard, they're going to be able to cover this run line, so looking at a plus price on the run line with the Cardinals and looking at this total over 909-910 on the betting board. The Colorado Rockies hit the road face-off against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jose Quintana is going to be going for the Buccos, and Odomar Marquez is going to be on the bump for Colorado. Colorado is between a minus 135 to a minus 140 favor. Meanwhile, if you're looking at Pittsburgh, it's between plus 120 and plus 125, with 11 being your total. Under is minus 120, and the over is even. And when it comes to the Rockies, want to lay up to a minus 142 with them. Now for Odomar Marquez, it's been a very rough season as he has allowed at least three runs in all but three of his starts thus far this season. That's why he's currently posting up a 566 ERA, but... Two of those starts, they have been in his last four. He's been able to shape things up a little bit more now. From Ron Marquez, a lot of his triumphs have come on the road. He's got his 717 ERA at home, but we saw that series between the Miami Marlins and the Pittsburgh Pirates, and right now the Pirates are not doing a good job of being able to get on base. As Brian Reynolds is currently out of the fold, he's hitting a 260, currently leads the team in home runs, so that is a big loss for the team. You do have a couple guys that are able to go deep as Michael Chavez, Diego Castillo, Daniel Vogelback, Jack Swazinski, all between 10 and 14 home runs. That's far as the season, Swazinski, Lance Brian Reynolds, Martin Perez, all of a three home run game 
to their credit, all since Father's Day or sooner. So it's been relatively solid. Cabrian Hayes is hitting a 250 for the team, and Ben Gamble is as well. But then you take a look down the line, and Onyo Cruz, Hoy Park, Swizniski, Rodolfo Castro, Cal Mitchell, Josh Van Meter, Yoshi Satsuga. These are all guys in a 220 or lower. And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they wound up having to play an 11-inning game yesterday, a 10-inning game the day before that. So bullpen is relatively spent. You've got someone I do like in Dylan Peters, who's been solved for the team, Tyler Beattie. He's got a sub-360 ERA. He's able to give you a couple innings, but you're going to be really relying upon Jose Quintana. Not seeing regression because he's been okay thus far this season, giving up right around 2.9 walks per nine innings. If you take a look at the advanced numbers, he has been quite lucky thus far this season. But still, two runs are fear surrendered in three out of his last four starts. And for Jose Quintana on the road, 441 ERA compared to a 307 home ERA. He has given up just five home runs over the course of 85 and a third innings. But you do take a look at this Colorado Rockies bullpen as well. And to say that's rough would be pretty generous there as you do have quite a few guys that they pitch better at home rather than on the road as Lucas Gilbreth has a sub-2 ERA at home on the road that winds up going north of 6. Ty Block just has not been able to give you anything whatsoever. He's got north of a 5 ERA. Carlos Aceves, he's got right around 4.60 ERA, and that's because he's been pitching a little bit better recently. But you do take a look at the Rockies as well, and this is a squad that they do such a better job at home rather than on the road of being able to get the deep ball going as they're averaging right around 1.25 home runs per game at home on the road. That's more like a half home run per game, something like a C.J. Crone. He's got 20 home runs this far this season. He's got 15 of them at home. Chris Bryant, he is now off of the paternity list. He's made it well north of a 300 at home. Brendan Rodgers has had all eight of his home runs at home as well, so that is something that is very big in the Rockies. They had about 45 points better at home rather than on the road, and I do think that they're going to be able to utilize that to power themselves victory. Didn't mind making the Rockies minus 142 in this spot, so I'm going to be willing to ride with them. Don't really want the run line here just because I don't have a lot of faith in that Rockies bullpen as I did mind saying the my total at an 11.2 as well. So looking at the over and going to be looking at the Rockies. 9-11, 9-12 on the betting board. It is the Arizona Diamondbacks. The third face off against the Slam Diego Padres. You, Darvish, is going to be going for the pods. And Mad Bum, Madison Bumgarner on the bump for Arizona. Total this game is 7.5. Unders minus 120. The over is even on the Padres. You're going to be finding them anywhere between minus 175 and minus 185. Between plus 150 and plus 165 is your price on Arizona. And I need at least a plus 195 to be able to take a shot on the Diamondbacks if you're looking at this Padres run line. Finding it anywhere between a plus 120 to a plus 125 is one to take plus 110 or greater. So I'm going to be looking at that Padres run line. And a big reason why is the dominance of you Darvish at home ever since he wound up getting to San Diego. His ERA is right around 2.25 points lower at home rather than on the road as has been an almighty struggle for you Darvish whenever he's wound up hitting the road. But it's going up against the Arizona Diamondbacks team as in the bottom five in terms of team batting average. And he has been absolutely lights out whenever he has taken the bump at home as overall this year 338 ERA but that winds up shrinking to a buck 69 in San Diego compared to a 525 on the road he's given up just two home runs in 53 and a third innings at home with opponents hitting a microscopic buck 58 now I do think that there's going to be probably a little bit of negative regression there but Certainly has been dealing in Petco Park. And when it comes to Madison Baumgartner, 365 ERA. So he deserves a little bit better than his 5-8 and eight record. Does wind up seeing a little bit of a fall off on the road with a 438 ERA. But still has been able to do a relatively okay job of not giving up a lot of walks. Right around 2.8, 2.9 walks per 9 innings. 1.3 home runs 
per nine. And this is a Padres team that when they're at home, they average fewer than four runs per game. Meanwhile, a little bit north of five when they do wind up hitting the road. So big giant discrepancy there. You do have Manny Machado as the only player that has more than 10 home runs on this team thus far this season. He's been with a north of 300. And then you need the other guys to be able to step up as you've got Austin Nola, CJ Abrams, Jose Azucar, along with Awesome Kim, only between about a 229 to a 239. Jake Cronenworth has made it right around 245 for this bunch, and Fed knows Mazzara be able to rise up a little bit, but it's been far from an impressive lineup, and for the years in the Diamondbacks, they do hit about 1.5 home runs per game on the road, though. Now you wind up going to Petco, and you can't think that that power is going to be there for this team. You do have Dalton Varsho, along with Jordan Luplo and David Peralta, all giving you between 11 and 12 home runs, and Christian Walker, 21 bombs of his home, but I mentioned it with the batting average. It has not been good for the team. It's Christian Walker hitting right around a 205 for this team. You've got Geraldo Perdomo sitting right around the Mendoza. I have a 200 for the team. Jordan Luplo, Buck 80. Don Varsho, David Peralta. These guys are hitting more in the pocket about a 235. But I will say for Josh Rossi sitting at 275, Keitel Marte, a 270. But this is also an Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen that has been highly suspect all season long. Kyle Nelson has been able to give you a sub-2 ERA. Jordan Manat typically seen a little bit of regression. Still posting up a sub-3 ERA, but Mark Melanson, north of a 5 ERA. You haven't necessarily been able to get a lot out of someone like Enoe Ramirez, Caleb Smith, Edwin Uceta. Both of these guys have their ERA hovering right around a 5. And for the Padres, it's been a little bit up and down with them as well. Taylor Rogers has been able to give you north of 20 saves, but hasn't necessarily been too dominant in those saves. And about Krismet, he's able to give you multiple innings. That's able to help out this team, though. I don't think that you're going to need the bullpen too much with this Padres team, just because you do have Yu Darvish, who has been so good at home. And this is a spot in which getting north of a plus 115 on the Padres on the run line, I'm going to be one to take a shot there. And I do think that Madison Baumgartner going to be able to give you a relatively solid start to why I'm saying my total at a 7.3. You've got a pair of offenses that have been... Far from terrific thus far this season. Diamondbacks a little bit better on the road, but going to Petco, I think he's going to cool them down a little bit. So, at a 7.5 looking under, and I'm going to be looking at the Padres on a run line. 9.13, 9.14, this is going to be the DGA Nation pick as got the Milwaukee Brewers in the road face off against the San Francisco Giants. Alex Wood is going to be going for the Giants, and Brandon Woodruff is going to be on the bump for Milwaukee. Milwaukee is a minus 115 favorite, and for San Francisco, it's anywhere between minus 105 and plus 105. Seven is your total. The over and the under, anywhere between minus 105 and minus 115. DK Nation pick. We're going to be going with an over in this spot. I wound up saying my total a little bit north of seven. I... Don't have really too many numbers in terms of the American League games on the board, so I have to pick from one of these games I've got available, and certainly I do think that these two teams should be able to get a little bit over this total just because with the Giants, we've seen a big fall off in terms of their bullpen ERA this season. They wind up losing their main guy in Buster Posey, who was able to do such a good job of helping this bullpen maneuver last season. And even though you've got a lot of the same pieces from last year, this bullpen has went from number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA to right around league average, and you've seen it with a lot of these guys, as you've had Tyler Rogers be able to pick it up recently, but still has been posting up nearly a 4-2-5 ERA for the season. Dominic Leon, a 3-5 ERA. Mauricio Lovero, along Zach Liddell, both of these guys have been ineffective this season. Now, for the San Francisco Giants, the lineup has been a little bit up and down, though you do have Jock Peterson, 17 home runs. He's been able to right in the neighborhood about a 2.55 for the team. Thario Estrada has been able to find it as well. He's been able to supply nine home runs. He's hitting about a 2.60 for the team as well. And then you just got a big, giant gobble of guys that are in between about a 2.45 to a 2.42. Evan Longoria, Tommy Bostella. 
throw in there Mikey Stromsky, Kirk Caselli, Austin Wins, Brandon Belt. So you've had a lot of that. And for the Milwaukee Brewers, you don't necessarily have that one guy that does a great job of necessarily being able to get on base for the team. As really, other than Mark Brasso, who's been a bit more of a situational sort of guy with fewer than 100 at-bats this season. You don't have a single guy other than Pedro Severino who's got seven at-bats going into the game that we wound up seeing on Thursday, hitting above a 265 for the team, but not a lot of guys hitting sort of in that pocket of between a 240 to a 255. Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro, Victor Carantini, the currently injured Christian Yelich all find themselves in that fold. And you do have Willie Adamas, couple with Rowdy Tellez, combining for 35 home runs going into yesterday's game. Luis Odias has been able to give you double digit bottom homers. Got to feel like he's going to find it a little bit more. But mention this with Minty, the fact that you've got Josh Hader all of a sudden really starting to fail his team. He's given up at least one run in four out of his last five appearances. So you feel a little bit less safe about the Brewers when they do wind up having a lead. Now, Brad Boxberger, Hobie Milner, both of these guys have a sub-3 ERA throwing their Devin Williams as well, but both of these teams have been struggling a little bit with their bullpen, and with Alex Wood, yeah, his peripheral numbers are a little bit better than the actual numbers that he's posted up. A 4.43 ERA thus far this season. He's given up right around one home run per nine innings, 2.3 walks per nine, but guys just wind up getting a lot of contact on him in general. His opponents bring a 265 off of him, and that winds up going to a 300 when he is at home. He has not pitched well in his two seasons in San Francisco at home, and Brandon Woodruff, he has been a little bit over the place himself with a 563 road ERA. Opponents are a 277 off of him when he is away from Milwaukee at home. That is a 220 ERA, so he certainly had some big demonstrative splits as well. He's only given up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings, but I do think that this is a total that's just set a little bit too low in this spot. I recognize that neither of these lineups necessarily match but with Brandon Woodruff, been suspect on the road. Alex Wood, suspect at home. Both of these bullpens have their issues. So, DK Nation pick, going to be on the over. Set the Brewers at a minus 117 favorite. I do think that Ader probably going to be able to find it if he does wind up getting a opportunity to be able to save in the ninth inning. And with the Brewers, you do have some home around power in this lineup. So, looking at the over with the DK Nation pick and looking at the Brewers on the money line. 915, 916 on the bank board. The New York Yankees going to be playing with the Boston Red Sox. Nathan Evaldi is going to be going for the Sox. And... For the Yankees, it's looking like Jordan Montgomery, but it is still TBD with regards to the betting board, so this is one that is presently off the board, figuring that it will be Montgomery versus Anthony Evaldi. I did wind up setting the Yankees at a minus 194 on the money line, and big reason why I would be setting it here, and if it does wind up being Nick Pavetta, I know that there's a little bit of speculation he might wind up going in this game right now. I'm seeing Nathan Evaldi, but he could wind up seeing a switcheroonie, but if it is Nathan Evaldi, the reason why I wind up setting him as this big of an underdog is that this is going to be his first start in nearly an eon. Last time that Ivaldi wanted to take in the mound, you have to go all the way back to June 8th against the LA Angels, and he was really starting to kick it into form at that time as well. He had a complete game against the Baltimore Orioles, had given up a grand total of four runs over the course of his last four starts, but first start off the injured list, and especially after a back issue, that is not something that I want to be messing with at all. Meanwhile, you do take a look at Jordan Montgomery, and he has been very consistent home to road, and he's done a great job in terms of the control and command. He has given up 1.7 walks per nine innings at home. He's given up just four home runs over the course of 48 innings. Opponents are a 203 off of him in Yankee Stadium. Now, with the Boston Red Sox, despite the fact that they have been dealing with a few ailments, this is still a lineup that is very formidable, and they've got a whole bunch of guys being able to get on base. Not a lot of firepower in terms of home runs other than Rafael Devers, who entered into yesterday with 19 bombs and over 50 RBI, but... Devers, J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogart, Rob Revsinder, all in at least a 300 for this bunch. And then you take a look at the young guns, Jaron Duran, Jeter Downs, both of these guys ranging above at 265. Now, you could use a little bit more out of someone 
Like a Trevor Story, who's only right around a 225 to a 230, though he's been able to supply 15 home runs as well. But you do take a look at the New York Yankees, and Yankees, they've obviously got the boom squad on their lineup, as you've got Aaron Judge, who's been able to give you 30 home runs, and then past that, you've been able to have a pair of guys be able to go off for 22-plus, and Anthony Rizzo, along John Carlos Sam, both of these guys, in between about a 225 to a 235. On top of that, you've got Glaber Torres, along with Judge, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, DJ Turned Up LeMayu, Isaiah Kinner Falefa, in between about a 272. 280 and Matt Carpenter. How about this guy finding the fountain of youth? He has been hitting right around a 330 for this bunch and going into yesterday. Home runs per at bat rate of one home run every six and a half at bats. And this is a New York Yankees team that they've been able to do a very solid job in terms of their bullpen. Clay Holmes wound up having his hiccups in the series against the Cincinnati Reds, but that said, you still have him being a post up a sub to ERA. Wandy Peralta has been able to do a relatively solid job for the team as well. And then you've had Lucas Lukey. Ever since a little bit of a rough start to the season, he's posted up a sub one ERA over the last 35 days as well. For the Boston Red Sox, you do have guys out there in the bullpen that have been able to do a solid job of be able to hold down the fort. At a Casa Sotomona, sub three ERA. John Schreiber, a sub one ERA. Phillips Valdez is out back full. We shall see what we're able to get out of him. And then Jake Diekman, after he wound up having a little bit of an up and down start to the season, he's been able to do. Nice job being able to provide some innings for the team as well. But if it is Montgomery versus Anthony Evaldi, this would be a spot in which I'd be fading Nathan Evaldi first start off the injured list, setting the Yankees right around about a minus 194 favorite, minus 105 on the run line. And it would be a total in which an 8.5 or less will be looking at an over 9 or higher to the under 9, 17, 9, 18. This is a game that's also off the board. Kansas City Royals hit the road face off against the Toronto Blue Jays. Alec Manoa is going to be going for the Jays, and Zach Greinke is on the bump for the Royals. And if we wind up getting a big giant plus price with the Royals like we wound up getting yesterday, I'd be willing to take a shot as I did wind up saying the Blue Jays. Minus 288 on the money line, up to a minus 153 is what I'd be willing to lay on the run line. And it's much like in Yankees-Red Sox, in after less going to be taking a look at an over 9 or higher to the under. And when it comes to this Royals bunch, they did wind up having to leave quite a few guys out there in Kansas City because with the country of Canada, they've got COVID-19 restrictions and 10 different guys, including their top guy in terms of batting average and Andrew Benintendi. They wound up getting left behind with Merrifield. He is not going to be in the starting lineup as well. We're going to be seeing some interesting faces with regards to the Kansas City Royals in this one as Ed Olivares, who's been hitting right around about a 280 for this team. He's going to be seeing a lot of run. Bobby Wood Jr. has been able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. He's hitting a 250. And we did wind up seeing the MLB debut yesterday of Nick Prado, a young 23-year-old that I like probably got sent up a little bit too early. But that said, the Royals are going to be doing their best to be able to mix a match here. Meanwhile, for the Toronto Blue Jays, it is the normal suspects out there in the lineup for the team as you've got Flagger Jr., George Springer, Bo Bichette, all giving you a double-digit amount of homers all in between about a 250 to a 265 to Oscar Hernandez is saying a 265 as well, but for Vlad Guerrero Jr., 20 home runs going into the game yesterday. George Springer, 15 bombs. Matt Chapman, not necessarily there with the grids, so his batting average, but he's been able to give you right around 13 home runs. Santiago Spenel has been able to move the line as well, and this is a Royals bullpen that for much of the season, they have been dead last in the American League in terms of bullpen ERA. Taylor Clark has been far from terrific for this team. Amir Garrett is posting up north of a 6 ERA. Jackson Coar has been your long guy with a 10 ERA. Wyatt Mills has not been able to do a solid job. And for the Blue Jays, I mean, I talk about how bad the Royals bullpen is. It's not like theirs is necessarily a whole like, lot better now. I do think that the managerial change is going to be able to do a little bit of good. You've got Tim Mesa, you've got David Phelps, both giving you right around a 3 ERA. Yimmy Garcia has been able to give you some good innings along with Adam Simber. But when you've trotted out there, Sergio Romo, Trevor Richards, guys like this, it's not been going well for this team. But you take a look at Alec Minow and 
Manoa, what? This guy's been pretty darn good. 234 ERA overall this season, 221 ERA at home, 247 ERA on the road, giving up less than a home run per nine innings. His walks per nine rate that hovers right in the neighborhood about 2.2. Not necessarily getting as many strikeouts as he did last season. For Zach Greinke, not a strikeout artist. That is very much known at this point. And for Zach Greinke, he's been getting completely pummeled when he has been on the road as he's got some of the most demonstrative home and road splits that you're going to find in the big leagues. Buck 86 home ERA, 746 road ERA. Now, I do think that he's been getting a little bit unlucky on the road and a little bit lucky at home. One home run given up in 38 and two-thirds innings at home. Nine bombs in 35 innings given up on the road. So I do think that you're going to see both of those wind up ironing out a little bit. But that said, Granke has become very much a pitcher contact guy as he's getting right around five strikeouts per nine innings. The command has been supreme, right around 1.7 walks per nine innings. So I do think that the Royals should be a sizable underdog if we wind up seeing the same numbers as yesterday. Might be getting up a little bit too lofty as I wind up seeing the Blue Jays minus 288 on the money line, minus 150 on the run line, eight and a half or less, looking over nine or higher to the under nine nineteen nine twenty on the bank board. The Cleveland Guardians are going to be playing us to the Detroit Tigers. Drew Hutchinson is going to be going for the Tigers, and Zach Plesac is going to be on the bump for the Guardians. The Guardians are finding themselves between minus one seventy and minus one eighty favorites. Meanwhile, between plus one fifty five and plus one sixty is your price on Detroit. Eight is your total over and under any between minus one hundred five and minus one fifteen. In terms of the money line, I did wind up saying the Cleveland Guardians at a minus one ninety one. Now, if you take a look at the run line right now, you're finding them. Pretty much a plus 120 across the board. I was willing to take anything north of a plus 105 personally. So I'm going to be taking a look at Cleveland on the run line. For Drew Hutchinson, he has been a little bit better in his last few starts. For the Detroit Tigers, a little bit of a journeyman pitcher that's been giving you right around about a 4 ERA. Length can always be a little bit of a question mark with them, but... It's done a nice job keeping the ball in the yard thus far this season, giving up less than home run per nine innings. Big thing with him has hurt him in terms of the length walks as he has given up right around four and a half walks per nine innings. Not necessarily a lot of swing and miss stuff, but five plus innings each out of his last two starts. And last time he faced off against the Cleveland Guardians, this was a home start. Wanted giving up two runs, one of which was earned in five innings. The team was able to get the W there. And for Zach Blesek, he also is a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy. Six and a half strikeouts per nine innings. He does a good job of not allowing a lot of walks. That allowed him to go six plus innings and four out of his last five starts as he's given up 2.3 walks per nine innings and though he does wind up giving up quite a bit of contact only giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings and has been much better at home rather than on the road 285 ERA at home north of a 4.9 ERA on the road opponents are overall hitting about a 250 off of them and for the Detroit Tigers the one place in which they are going to have a leg up in this game, that'd be in the bullpen. They are dealing with an injury to Willie Peralta, but still a top six team in terms of bullpen ERA. Michael Fulmer has been able to give you a sub-250 ERA ever since Tyler Alexander has returned from the injured list. He's been utilized on the bullpen, and I mean, in his eight appearances out of the bullpen, he's posted up a buck of six ERA, so he's been able to do a very solid job being able to embrace that. Now, Elvin Rodriguez wanted to gain this start yesterday for the Detroit Tigers, and that's not necessarily too trustworthy for this team, and you know what else is not trustworthy for the Detroit Tigers? This entire lineup. You do have Miguel Cabrera, who's been able to do a solid job along with Victor Reyes of being a bit above a 285, but Jonathan Scope, Jameer Candelario, Akil Badu, Spencer Torkelson, Cody Clemens, you're able to throw in there someone like a Robbie Grossman. All these guys hitting a 220 or lower. It has been brutal for this bunch. And for the Cleveland Guardians, they don't have a lot of power. As they're averaging right around a half a home run per game at home. Closer to .6 home runs per game. That is the fewest out there in the big leagues. Even less than the Detroit Tigers. Who, as a collective thus far this season, have fewer home runs than John Carlos Stanton and Aaron Judge as a collective in New York. But that's that. With the Guardians, you do have Josh Naylor, who's been able to do a 
solid job of being able to get on base along Stephen Kwan, Amid Rosario, and Jose Ramirez. Only between about a 275 to a 290, throwing their Andres Jimenez, who's sitting right around 290 as well. Young guy out there in the outfielder, Nolan Jones, has been able to do a solid job as well. And for a frame, Mel Reyes, ever since he's come off the injured list, he's looked quite a bit better. He wound up having a very rough start to the season since coming off the injured list, hitting right around 260, five home runs at 85 at bats. That's relatively acceptable. And for the Guardians, you have noticed that the long guys for the team, like an Eli Morgan, like a Sam Antiges, they have started to have a little bit of a tough time out there in the bullpen, but Trevor Steven has been able to do a solid job for the team. Emmanuel Classe is one of the most lights-out closers that you're going to find out there in the big leagues. James Karinchek has had a little bit of a tough time since coming back about two or so weeks ago, but you've got to figure that he's going to round into form as well. Nick Sandlin has been able to do a solid job out there in the bullpen with right around a 3-2 ERA as well. So I do think that it's going to be a case which the Guardians are going to be able to do a very solid job with their pitching. And I think that you wind up getting another low-scoring game. The Detroit Tigers, along with the Houston Astros, have been by far the best under teams out there in baseball. I think that that trend winds up continuing. Semi-total at 7.7 looking under and looking at the run line of Cleveland as we wind up going 921-922 on the banking board. The Baltimore Orioles, they're going to be in the road to face off against the Tampa Bay Rays. Tyler Wells is going to be going for the Rays. As of right now, it is to be determined for the Tampa Bay Rays. At last check, it was looking like Shane Baz, the Baz was going to be going for the Tampa Bay Rays, but as of right now, it is TBD. If it would have been the Baz, I would have said the Tampa Bay Rays right around a minus 180 favorite with the total at a 7.8, which means 7 higher for less. I'd be looking at over 8 higher to the under if it winds up being a bullpen game. I'd probably improve it by about 15 or so cents. Now, a little bit of speculation here on that front because the Rays, they did wind up having to utilize a bullpen game a couple days ago in which they were utilizing Josh Fleming for bulk innings, and Josh Fleming has not been necessarily too great as a bulk guy. Luke Bart seems to be someone that they're stretching out a little bit. In his last appearance, he wound up going three innings against the Boston Red Sox on Monday, so could it be interesting to see if he winds up being in the plans for this one, as I think that Boz wanted to gain place on the injured list, so we are not going to be seeing him. Ralph Garza Jr. is another long guy for the Tampa Bay Rays that you could probably expect to see as well. He wanted to blast pitching on Saturday, and he's someone that's able to give you right around two to three innings in his 16 total appearances. 31 innings. He's only allowed four home runs in that time span, posting up about a 350 ERA, so nothing overly terrific, but it's able to hold down the four day. If you're able to get enough innings out of those guys, you then wind up getting the guys like Brooks Raley, Colin Pooch, Matt Weisler, Jason Adam, all these guys have a three ERA or less. And for Tyler Wells, he has been very good, I should say, Wells for this team as for the Baltimore Orioles, they have been able to win each out of his last eight starts. It is absolutely amazing what we've seen there. He's given up three runs or fewer in all but, I believe, one of his starts thus far this season, and that was his first start of the season, ironically enough, on the road against the Tampa Bay Rays, and this is a Rays bunch that they have been dealing with quite a few ailments thus far this season, as Juan Franco is currently out of the full, but you do have G-Man Choi and Yandy Diaz both posting up north of a 385 on base. Harold Ramirez is hitting a 330 for the team as well, and they found lightning in a bottle with a young guy in Jonathan Aranda, young 24-year-old, hitting well above a 300 for this bunch. Christian Bethencourt has been someone that wound up getting acquired a few days ago from the Oakland A's. He's hitting about a 240 for the team, but then take a look at the guys at the bottom, like Luke Rayleigh, Vito Brujan, Josh Lowe, Tyler Walls, Brett Phillips. These guys in below the Mendoza line of a 200. And for Baltimore, all of a sudden, you've got guys that are doing a great job of being able to get on base for this team as Austin the Saints kid. He's had a little bit of a fall in terms of the batting average, but he and Cedric Mullins, both in between about a 260 to a 270. You've got Trey Boomer, Mancini, Ryan Mountcastle, 
Mountcastle in between a 270 to a 280 end for Mountcastle and Anthony Santander have been able to provide 29 home runs. Even the guys at the bottom of the fold, like Rudin Adori sitting at 202, he's been able to provide some power. You've got someone in Ode Mateo who's only been able to hit right around 200, but he's one of the best base dealers out there in the big leagues. And what has really been good for the Orioles, this bullpen. They're in the top eight of the league in terms of bullpen ERA with just so many guys. They're posting up a sub-250 ERA. CNL Perez, Felix Bautista, Joey Creeble. You're able to throw in there Marcus Diplin whenever he's been out there. Keegan Aiken. List goes on and on. Dylan Tate now at a .255 in terms of his ERA. So these guys have been relatively solid. With Boz going for the Tampa Bay race, was setting this right around a minus 182. Probably going to be dipping this quite a bit, especially if it is a race bullpen game. At least 15 cents. Might wind up being 20. Once all said and done, depending upon usage by the Tampa Bay race in Thursday's game against the Boston Red Sox. And probably going to be a case which is going to be relatively consistent with the total where a 7.5 or less looking at an over 8 or higher to the under. 923-924 on the bang board. The Seattle Mariners at the red face off against the Walker Texas Rangers. Robbie Ray is going to be going for the Mariners. And as of right now, betting board reads to be determined for the Texas Rangers. I am hearing through the grapevine that it's most likely going to be Taylor Hearn. And if it is Taylor Hearn, the Mariners are going to be finding themselves between about a minus 145 to a minus 150 favorite. Uh, my handicap is Robbie Ray has been nothing short of spectacular for the Seattle Mariners team as over the course of his last five starts, he has given up four runs. So, I mean, he has been lights out. And as a matter of fact, four runs given up in his last six starts, going six plus innings in every one of them. He has been able to do a relatively solid job but be able to keep the walks down as well as in this time span. He has given up two walks or fewer in all but one of these starts. I will say, he has been giving up still quite a few solo home runs overall this season. He has been giving up right around 1.35 home runs per nine innings. And on the road, it has been a little bit more trying for him. 524 road here compared to a 225. Year eight on, but overall opponents are getting a 209 off of him. His strikeout stuff is back. He's been able to get 10 punch outs per nine innings. And for Taylor Hearn, at the minor league level, he's been able to put together a couple of relatively solid starts. But I mean, it's the same song and dance for Taylor Hearn that we've seen in the past from and. For Hearn, he's gotten 14 total appearances this season. 586 ERA just has not been effective whatsoever when he's been out there. Three plus runs surrendered in four out of his last five appearances. The lone appearance of which he wanted giving up fewer than three runs. That came up against the poopy Washington Nationals. Now, for Hearn, he does have a 428 home ERA compared to a 861 ERA on the run. He's not necessarily giving up overly much of the deep ball, right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings, but walks per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood about 4.2. Opponents are getting a 291 off of him, so that's an issue. Now, the good news for Taylor Hearn is that he is backed up by a relatively solid bullpen. Brock Burke has been able to provide a sub-3 ERA there, deal with a little bit of an injury to Joe Barlow, so AJ Alexi might wind up being used up as a little bit of a bulk guy as well, and I wouldn't be surprised if they wind up piggybacking off of one another as Alexi was utilized as a starter last season by the Texas Rangers as well. Brett Martin has been a little bit up and down for the scene, but man, Moore is a former starter that's able to give you multiple innings along Garrett Richards and both of these guys have turned into very good bullpen pieces. And speaking of good bullpens, Seattle Mariners over the last 35 days, number one in the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA. Matt Brash is someone that they've turned into a bullpen arm and he's able to throw some gas. I like what I'm seeing out of him. Diego Castillo after a just really bad start to the season in general. He's posted up a buck 59 ERA over the last 30 days. 
Andres Munoz. After he wound up having a bad start to the season, he has lowered his ERA to right around a three along with Penn Murphy. Paul Seawald has been able to do a solid job for the team and then for the Seattle Mariners. You do have quite a few guys in the lineup. They're able to take you deep as you've got Julio Rodriguez and Eugenio Suarez. 15 plus home runs out of both of these guys. Right around 335 on base for both of them. Cal Raleigh not providing a lot of average as he don't more. Abraham Turo only a 200 or lower, but he's been able to give you 12 home runs thus far this season and then you've been able to get some very good production out of Ty France. He's hitting a 300 for the season. 45 RBI so has been solid and for the Texas Rangers you've got a lot of guys that have been able to go deep for the CMS all but three of their starters from yesterday have been able to provide a double digit amount of homers this season they're giving Elier Hernandez a little bit of a young guy some appearances this season as well but do you take a look at the lineup as a whole as you've got Corey Seager hitting 21 home runs he's hitting right around 245 and you've got a lot of guys in sort of that fold of we're going to call it a 232 to a 250-ish as you've got Adelise Garcia, Marcus Simeon who I mentioned and Corey Seager throwing their Cole Calhoun all hitting sort of in that fold. Nate Lowe has been able to do a solid job he's been able to give the team 12 home runs he's been able to right around 8-275 for this bunch of Joan Heim has been able to give you a double digit amount of homers as well so I do think that you should have Robbie Ray as a relatively sizable favorite. Mariners entered in yesterday with a 10-game win streak. So if it is Hearn versus Ray, it is a total of which a 7.5 or less. I'd be looking at an over 8 or higher to the under end. I'd be setting the Mariners minus 147 on the money line. 9.25-9.26 on the main board. The Oakland A's hit the road face off against the Houston Astros. Jake Odorizzi is going to be going for the Stroves. And Cole Irvin is going to be on the bump for Oakland. Right now, this is a game that currently does not have numbers up because it was expected that we were going to be getting Jose Artikiti instead of it's going to be Jake Odorizzi. That caused for a little bit of a flipper rooney but with Odorizzi, set the Astros right around about a minus 212 on the money line, and this is a total which in 8 or less, I'd be taking a look at an over 8.5 higher. I would be taking a look at an under, and when it comes to this Astros lineup, they are dealing with the injury to Jordan Alvarez, but it's still very formidable, and it is one that I still think is going to be able to do a solid job off of Cole Irvin. Now, what I will say about Cole Irvin is that he's been a very solid pitch contact guy that has been able to keep the ball in the yard. Now, his home and road splits relatively demonstrative, and that's going to be tough because you've got an Astros team that they don't strike out a lot of a lot, and you got a guy in Cole Irvin that doesn't generate a lot of punch outs as Jose Altuve, Kyle Tucker, both entered into yesterday with 17 home runs apiece. You've got Tucker along Jeremy Pena, both hitting between about a 255 to 260 for Altuve. He's been able to 280 for this punch, and you do have Alamendi CS starting to pick it up. He's in about a 240. Alex Bregman, 245, but a 360 on base. You need a little bit more from the bottom of the fold for the Astros with the entire catcher spot. Jose Siri, Chaz McCormick, calling a 230 or lower for this punch, but Jake Myers has been able to do a solid job. Cole Irvin, I do think he's going to be able to do a okay job of being able to keep things out in front of him as you take a look at him overall for the season. He has been getting a strikeouts per nine rate of right around a 5.8, but fewer than two walks per nine innings, 1.1 home runs per nine innings, but also important to note that he's got a 527 ODR compared to a buck 68 ERA at home, and for Irvin, all 11 of his home runs surrendered have been on the road, and on top of that, this is an Oakland A's bullpen that is currently in the bottom 10. In terms of ERA, they have found some of their trustworthy guys, as you've been able to have Domingo Acevedo along Zach Jackson be able to provide some relatively solid innings, as both of these guys are posting up an ERA that is finding itself right around a 3-2 Sam All, AJ Puck. They've been able to do a solid job with a sub-2-5 ERA of their own, but Sam Selman, Austin Pruitt, these longer guys have not been able to do a solid job, and for the Oakland A's, 
Where in the world is the lineup going to be able to find any power whatsoever? As Seth Brown has been able to give you 10 home runs thus far this season, but I need it's really rough for this team. As anyone with north of 35 at-bats that's currently on the roster, they all enter into this series hitting a 239 or worse. Ramon Laureano is right around a 330 on base, but I mean that's really the only good thing that you can say. As guys like Elvis Andrews, Tony Kemp and company, they just have not been able to reach base whatsoever, and that's going to be an issue for the Oakland A's, even if Corvin winds up performing relatively well. There's no guarantee that the Oakland A's don't wind up getting shut out in this one, and when it comes to Jake Odorizzi, wound up having a little bit of a rough start when he wound up facing off against Kansas City Rails, but by and large has been able to do a solid job for the team thus far this season, and if you do wind up getting Jose Odekiti, I would be setting a little bit of a different line here as I'm right now seeing him on ESPN, but that's up with Odorizzi. Nine starts thus far this season, 330 ADRA did wind up getting lit up against the Royals on the 4th of July, but overall has done a great job keeping the ball in the yard, giving up just two home runs over the course of 42 and two-thirds innings, three walks per nine innings, and he's backed up by a bullpen that ranks number one in the big leagues in terms of ERA, as you've had a lot of guys posting up a sub-two ERA Rafael Montero, Seth Martinez throwing there, Ryan Sanic. They've all been able to do a great job. And then you've still got Ryan Presley, one of the best closers out there in the big league sector. Naris is able to give you some solid innings along with Ryan Ray as well. So, did wind up setting the Astros with Odorizzi at a minus 213, willing to lay up to minus 120 on the run line, and 8.5 or higher. Going to be taking a look at an under 8 or less to the over 927, 928 on the main board. The Minnesota Twins, they're going to be playing with the Chicago White Sox. Michael Kopech is going to be going for the Sox, and Devin Smeltzer is going to be on the bump for the Twins. The Twins are finding themselves as a favorite of anywhere between minus 128 and minus 135. Meanwhile, between plus 115 and plus 120 is your price on the south side. Or 8.5 to 9 is your total on the 8.5. Over is minus 120. The under is even on the 9. Under is minus 120 and the over is even. And I did wind up saying the White Sox as a plus 124 underdog. Willing to lay up to a minus 124 when it comes to Minnesota. So in a little bit of no man's land in terms of the money line right now. If you're taking a look at the run line right now, you're finding that with the Twins right around a plus 140. And I mean, if anything, I do think that this is all when it's said and done. Probably going to be a shot on the Chicago White Sox, but this is one in which I'll be waiting for more numbers wind up coming out. If we wind up getting down to right around like a minus 124 on the Twins, we'll be willing to take a shot there with the White Sox. Anything of a plus 125 or greater, I'm going to be taking a shot there. So I need pretty much a five-cent move either way to be able to take a look there. And for the Chicago White Sox, Michael Kopech has seen a little bit of regression recently, giving up at least three runs and now four out of his last five starts. But still has been able to do a solid job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, giving up right around 1.1 home runs per nine innings. Big thing with him, in my opinion, is walks. Right around 4.2 walks per nine innings. 351 ERA compared to a 322 at home. So he's been relatively consistent. And opponents are just a buck 84 off of him. I do think that there's going to be a little bit of regression there. But for Devin Spalzer, he is very lucky his ERA is not completely jacked up as he's got a home runs per nine rate that hovers in the neighborhood of two. And I mean, all these have been really coming recently. Ever since the beginning of the month of June, this guy's given up all of his home runs as he has given up a grand total of 13 home runs overall since the beginning of the month of June after he was able to keep it clean for the beginning part of the season. He's got a home area of a 210, but I mean, that said, he's given up six home runs over the course of 30 innings at seven total runs. So that means that at the very least, five of those home runs were solo shots. And for the Minnesota Twins, they do wind up backing him up with Brian Buxton, who's been able to give you 23 home runs thus far this season, but his batting average has not necessarily been there. And you don't have necessarily a ton of power outside of him. Now, Luis Rice is hitting at 345 for the team, and you do have quite a few guys there, but get on base for this bunch as Gio Urshela, Jose Miranda, both are right around a 260 to a 265 throw on there. Alex Kurloff as well. Max Kepler hanging more in the pocket about a 250 and Carlos Correa as they reach base as well for the Chicago White Sox. Bottom eight team in terms 
offensive home runs per game thus far this season, but Tim Anderson along with Jose Abreu are both hitting above a 3 area. You've got Luis Robert along with Andrew Vaughn hitting a 285 to 295, and for Abreu, he's been hitting right around a 335 over the last three days, but for the White Sox, they had about 40 points better against lefties versus righties, and they have had some issues in terms of the bullpen as well. Liam Hendricks, Kendall Graveman have really been your two trustworthy guys, and been able to get a little bit of something out of Jimmy Lambert and Rialdo Lopez, a pair of guys that used to be starters that now have right around a 3 ERA, but Matt Foster has been terrible for the scene with a 5 ERA. Joey Kelly, he's supposed to get up north of an 8 ERA. Tanner Banks has been all over the place, and for the Minnesota Twins, a bullpen that is neither great nor terrible, as you've been able to get some relatively solid innings out of your long guys. Griffin Jacks has been able to provide a sub-3 ERA along with Johan Duran, but you take a look past that, and it's been a rough year for Caleb Theobar once again with north of a 5 ERA. Whenever you wind up having Emilio Pagan out there, that's not great. Juan Manai is posted up north of a 5 ERA as well, though I will say Giovanni Morin, a sub-2 ERA as well. So this is a spot in which we're going to be waiting on a little bit of a line move. If I could get to a minus 124 or less, looking at the Twins, plus 124 greater on the Chicago White Sox. And I did wind up saying my total at an 8.9 with the way that Smeltzer is giving up the deep ball right now. All I have access to is an 8.5, so I'd be willing to take an 8.5 over, and I would rather have an 8.5 over rather than a 9 under personally. And probably going to be taking a look at the White Sox when it's all said and done, but that's based on overnight line movement, and we wrap things up with 929-930 on the big board. The LA Dodgers, they are going to be in the road face-off against the LA Angels as Patrick Sandoval is going to be going for the Halos and Clayton Kershaw on the bump for the Dodgers. This is a game that is presently off the board, but I've got my numbers. I set the Dodgers as a minus 155 favorite. Any sort of plus price will be taking a look at a run line as well, and I did want to make my total 8.3 to where in 8 or less, going to be taking a look at an over 8.5 prior to the under end. We were talking about it with Minty. It's just a sad state of affairs where this LA Angels team has it has been really really bad for them as I believe that there's something like 15 and 37 in their last 52 games. It has been absolutely insane, and they didn't wind up getting a great start out of Reed Detmers. But with that said, with the Angels, you still know that this is a lineup that is relatively solid, as Joey Otani has been able to give you 19 home runs. He's hitting right around 260. Luis Ranifo, along with Joey Dell, both of these guys have been able to provide a little bit of batting average as well. But Mike Trout, he is most likely going to be out of the fold for this game. He's leading the team in home runs. I was in a little bit of a funk, truth be told, even prior to this. And Taylor Ward, speaking of funks, ever since he's come off the injured list, he has not been what he was towards the beginning of the season, hitting right around 230 over the last three days below the Mendoza line of 200 over the last 17 days as well. So that's an issue and you know what else is an issue for the LA Angels. You've got a bullpen that has a trio of guys in the 7th and ninth inning in Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, along with Rossio Iglesias. They're all posting up at least a 3-6 ERA. Jose Quijada has been one of your better guys out there in the bullpen. Then you take a look at the flip side for the LA Dodgers and Craig Kimbrell has been a hot mess but Bursarder Gradwell is starting to figure it out. Alex Vasilla has been solid and then Younger guys and Evan Phillips along Yancey Almonte, they have been able to post up a sub-2 ERA. When it comes to the Dodgers, you've got Mookie Betts, who at the leadoff spot entering into the series has been able to give you 20 home runs. He's been able to hit right around at 270 for this bunch. And then you've got Trey Turner along with Freddie Freeman, both hitting between about a 295 to a 3.15. And both of these guys have been able to provide 12 home runs. Will Smith has been able to give you 13 bombs. He's hitting right around a 260 for this team. These this team does a good job against both righties and lefties. And how about how hot Justin Turner down for what? As we able to get for this team, he was cataclysmic, completely bad at the beginning of the season. And you still have a couple struggling bats on the team. Max Muncy, Cody Bellinger, to name off the biggest of them. But with Justin Turner hitting a 330 for this bunch over the last 30 days. And for Clayton Kershaw, he has not necessarily been vintage Clayton Kershaw in terms of the swing and miss stuff, but still relatively solid. 10 strikeouts per nine innings. He's actually kept the ball in the yard a little bit better on the road than at home. Really since the back half of the 2020 season. 
overall this season. 273 road ERA compared to a 205 ERA at home. And if you take out that Coors Field start, he really has been lights out for this LA Dodgers team. As over his last five starts, he has won a combined 29 and two-thirds innings, so not as much length, but just seven walks in that time span. And overall for the season, his walks per nine rate, that is right in the neighborhood about 1.8 to 1.9. So he has still been a very solid pitcher for this Dodgers team, and he's backed up by a good bullpen. So this is the spot in which I'm comfortable making the Dodgers up to a minus 155 favorite. And once again, eight or less, going to be taking a look at an over 8.5 or higher to the under. And that will wrap things up for the Friday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the VEASAN Family Podcast. A big thanks to Minty Betts over there at Yahoo Sports for joining me in the last segment. If you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment, idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to find those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at Ernest41. Keep in mind, letters M. Naming does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated from there. You're able to find whatever you'd like here on this podcast. Find that five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.